Hey, everybody, it is Declassified Live. I'm John Cardillo. Remember, we can super chat. What's super chat? A super chat means you spend a couple of bucks and you get to chat with me. You get to chat with me. Oh, it's amazing. I bump your chat up to the top of the list. You get uh, a little nice little banner up there. But I really want to talk about is the Mueller investigation, a couple of really, really interesting things. Good morning, Frank Jalapeno. A couple of very interesting things that are going on. First and foremost, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed somehow managed, and I'm going to tell you how troubling this is, somehow managed to obtain Michael Cohen's shredded documents. I'm going to pull the story up here. Uh, and, and this is incredibly troubling. I'm going to explain why in, in one second. Let me pull this story up. It's, uh, it's very, very troubling. Very, very troubling. Because Michael Cohen being an attorney, if you don't know how this process works with law enforcement, specifically American law enforcement, well, of course, communications between a lawyer and client are privileged, right? Everybody knows that. It's pretty much the same all over the world. If I tell my lawyer something, I expect that what I tell my lawyer, even if I said to my lawyer, yeah, I killed that guy. Yeah, I robbed that bank. It has to remain confidential. My lawyer can't know about a pending crime. My lawyer can, for example, help me plot a crime. But I can certainly say to my lawyer, I did that crime to figure out how to get out of it. If I tell my lawyer I'm going to go kill that guy, he can't help me plan it. He can't help me get away with it. But Michael Cohen was a business attorney. He wasn't a criminal attorney. So chances are clients came to him. Ex post facto, after the fact, said, hey, I'm in this lawsuit. And in the course of the lawsuit, Michael Cohen might have said to a client, oops, you might have committed a criminal fraud here, but there's a way for us to solve the problem by you paying a fine. Let me work this out. People weren't killed. People weren't, banks weren't robbed. It was just an issue of uh, sometimes people don't realize in business they might violate a regulatory rule or something of that nature. So seizing an attorney's records to go after somebody is highly Highly improper, highly, highly unusual. I mean, beyond improper, beyond unusual. But that doesn't seem to matter to uh, Robert Mueller's team. It just does not seem to matter to Robert Mueller's team. So they go in, and this from a BuzzFeed story, and, and this really infuriated me. Here are the documents recovered from Michael Cohen's shredder. I'm going to explain why this is so disturbing. But just to give you the backstory and explain lawyer-client privilege. You understand it. We all understand it. The government in the United States, when, a government, when the government does raid, when federal law enforcement does raid an attorney's office, what's required is what's called a taint team. And that taint team, excuse me, is uh, typically selected by the Department of Justice, which I don't like, monitored by those who might have privileged documents. And what the taint team is supposed to do is sit in between the government and those accused or those affiliated with the accused whose confidential information might have been grabbed up by the government when they see there's records. And the Tain team does what it sounds like it does. They determine which of the materials are privileged, which would be tainted if they were viewed by the government, hence that being called the Tain team. Well, in this case, somebody within the Department of Justice took documents that were pieced back together documents found in, in paper shredders in either Michael Cohen's home office or hotel room, and they rebuilt them, which is something that forensic analysts do, the FBI, the DOJ, they do, and they leaked them to BuzzFeed. This is incredibly troubling. Now, if this were just 
one incident, we'd say fine. But with Robert Mueller's team, you have a history, a history of bias. We have multiple congressional investigations, and we just had a, a Department of Justice <clears throat> Officer Inspector General investigation into the, the bias at the FBI, at the FBI. And uh, we, we are not, we're not, uh, we have no confidence left in the DOJ and the FBI. And I want to say, I want to cover a lot of topics. So what I don't want to have happen every show, we want to help Tommy Robinson, but we can't do every single show every day about Tommy Robinson. And I, I love that you guys are passionate about it, but I just want to set some ground rules for Declassified Live and that we're, we're not going to do Tommy Robinson in real time for an hour a day, every day. If there's something develops, if something may, Ezra is on this. We here at The Rebel are on this. Conservative media is on this. But there's a lot going on here in the U.S. And I want to be able to cover it and bring you the most current stories. And so I appreciate you guys with the passion for Tommy. We want to help Tommy out. I, but every, you know, what I don't want to do is get sidetracked every show, deviate from the, the content that I think is very topical, very relevant every day, and spend you know, the bulk of our time on Tommy. Believe me, we are on top of it. If something happens, we're going to go there. Uh, and we're going to get to Mexico in a second. Banana Republic is uh, uh, asking me about Mexico. I'm going to get into the new president of Mexico shortly. But uh, I want to go back to this. So Mueller, Mueller's uh, investigation now has very biased prosecutors. We know that. We had a DOJ investigation into members of the FBI, members of the DOJ, plotting against Trump via text message, openly, openly doing their hate and disdain for the sitting president of the United States. We know all this. These leaked documents to BuzzFeed aren't just some anomaly. They're not just, well, oh, it's one thing that happened and with somebody inside DOJ, we're going to investigate, we're going to fire them. No, it's starting to look like, it's starting to look as if. There is an effort here to throw due process out the window, to throw all procedure out the window, and to tank Donald Trump at all costs. It doesn't matter if we violate privilege. It doesn't matter if the Department of Justice decides to throw all of their rules and procedures out the window. And Kunta Kente says, why do most conservatives just stand back and take it? The time is now. Brothers, act, don't think. Well, there's not, we need Congress. It's a great question, Kunta. We need Congress to act. What I want to see happen is the president of the United States appoint a second special counsel. That's what I'd like to see happen. We need Congress to act on this, though, because they have oversight authority. So calling these hearings and all are great, but we've got Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general. He might need to be impeached if he doesn't comply with, the effort, with, with what Congress is asking, both the intelligence and judiciary committees. We, we certainly, we certainly can't keep going down this road where DOJ comes in. They sit in these hour long, hours long, really meetings with members of Congress. They tell members of Congress what they want to hear and nothing happens. So now you've got Michael Cohen, a guy who, by the way, hasn't been charged with anything. The guy hasn't been charged with anything. Doing this ridiculous interview with George Stephanopoulos, doing this Silly, silly interview where he's implying that he's going to cooperate. Now, I don't think the president did anything wrong. Michael Cohen was a personal lawyer. He cut some deals, maybe paid a little hush money. That's what lawyers do. That's what lawyers do. And then on the heels of that, we have General Flynn going back in a court. And I'm going to read you this story now. General Flynn's going back in a court next week. Now, 
People on both sides are wondering what that means. Now, I personally feel that General Flynn was railroaded. I really, truly do. I truly, truly do. I think General Flynn was the victim of a very malicious prosecution, a terribly malicious prosecution. And uh, now the judge, judge, let me read you this from the Washington Examiner. Uh, Former White House National Security Advisor Michael Flynn has been ordered to appear at a hearing next week by a federal judge. Now, the judge, uh, attorneys for prosecutors, said that uh, delaying the sentencing would provide, delaying the sentencing would provide expedited sentencing. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, And so the judge, I think, asked both parties last week, Judge Emmett Sullivan, who has a long history of spanking down the prosecution when they act wrong here in the United States. Judge Sullivan uh, last week wanted to know why General Flynn's hearings kept being postponed. Now, people on the right feel it's because Mueller's team is scrambling to cover their tracks. People on the left feel it's because General Flynn is cooperating with the prosecution against the President of the United States. And by the way, 4th of July here in the States tomorrow, i got my Captain America mug. Happy 4th, I won't be, uh, we won't be here tomorrow. Happy 4th of July, Happy 4th of July. To our American audience and happy Confederation Day, uh, uh, happy late Confederation to all of our Canadian friends that I think I told you that yesterday. And so we've got, now we've got Mueller's entire team bias, and we've got uh, what I think was a very biased investigation against General Flynn. Now, full disclosure, I know General Flynn. I'm very, uh, General Flynn. I'm very friendly with his family. But uh, what I want to do here is just give you an objective analysis of what I think is going on. My personal feeling is that the judge, Judge Emmett Sullivan, is very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable with the, the investigation into General Flynn because it was conducted by Peter Strzok, who we now know in a text message said, no, we'll stop him about Trump. Andrew McCabe ran the investigation into General Flynn beginning in 2016. General Flynn was testifying against Andrew McCabe in a sexual harassment case against a female agent, Robin Gritz, in 2014. Now, on any other planet at any other time in history with any other administration, Andrew McCabe would have been asked to recuse himself from the Flynn investigation. He wasn't. Peter Stroke should have been kicked off the uh, investigation. He wasn't. Alexander IV says, congrats on my new show, The Classified John. Alexander, thank you very much. Really, really a lot of fun to do this live show. And so I believe, I believe, and I admit, I'm a little biased. I know the Flynn family. They're wonderful people, great patriotic Americans. And I want to also say this. Every time I reach out to General Flynn and say, how are you doing, General? He never once says, I'm okay, not okay. You know, it's stressful. He never once has spoken about himself. The only thing General Flynn has ever said to me when I ask him how he's doing personally, I don't ask him details of the case. Just, how are you holding up? He says, I don't care about me. I'm worried about the country. I'm worried about what this is doing to the country. Meaning this, this ridiculous witch hunt. He's never said that. I'm saying that. This ridiculous witch hunt, this, this hoax, this scam by Robert Mueller. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But what I suspect is happening in the General Flynn case is the judges finally said, wait a minute. There's a lot of evidence here that indicates the investigators and the prosecution were incredibly biased against General Flynn. Hillary Clinton got away with everything. Her team was given immunity. They literally got away with felonies, multiple felonies. Nobody's even disputing that anymore. Representatives Trey Gowdy and Jim Jordan are saying it on open mics in congressional hearings. Hillary Clinton's team got away with crime. They did. We know they did. Indisputable. 
absolutely 100% indisputable. Her team got away with crimes. Yet General Flynn has been dragged through the mud. This has cost his family about half a million dollars. He's a not wealthy piece. So they're bringing him into court on July 10th, a week from Thursday. Uh, when is July? Uh, so July 10th, a week from today, I'm sorry. They're bringing him into court next Tuesday. And General Flynn, we will find out then what is going on. Now, what I hope happens, what I hope happens is that General Flynn's lawyers move for a full dismissal of all charges based on a tainted and biased, or they ask investigation, bias investigation, or they ask the judge to vacate General Flynn's plea because with the new evidence they have, they want to go to trial and fight this. Because I don't think you're going to find a jury. This all dovetails very well with what we know is a long history of Robert Mueller and his team playing fast and loose with exculpatory evidence. And exculpatory evidence, if you don't know, is evidence beneficial to the defense. Mueller plays fast and loose with exculpatory evidence. Andrew Weissman, his number two, has been spanked down for playing fast and loose with exculpatory evidence. And, and we know that happened here because of the mere fact that Mueller booted Peter Strzok off his team but never disclosed, in terms of what we've been told, what's been reported, that Peter Strzok was so biased to General Flynn's defense team before they took the plea. That's important. That's very, very important. And uh, I, I, I really want to see what uh, the judge does on Tuesday. Now, back to Michael Cohen matter. When you take that, the fact that it looks like exculpatory evidence was played with fast and loose in the Flynn case, you take Michael Cohen, documents of Michael Cohen's being released to BuzzFeed. These could be privileged communications. We don't know. But somebody inside Department of Justice who put these shredded documents back together leaked them to the media. In any other investigation, the investigation would be shut down. Any other investigation, it would be shut down. There would be no investigation, no investigation, if we knew all of these things prior. Now, I feel Mueller knew him. I feel McCabe knew him. I feel Stroke knew him. But it doesn't seem to matter. We have no leadership here in the Department of Justice. We have no leadership here in the Department of Justice. And it is uh, very, very unfortunate because we have, a, we have a crisis of confidence. We have a crisis of confidence. And... Uh, it's, it's, it's tragic. It's absolutely, absolutely tragic. And so what do we do here as Americans? I mean, what do you think we should do? Jim Trawick says Flynn is being railroaded. Yeah, Jim, I agree. He is. I truly, truly believe that they went after General Flynn because he was very close to the president. The president personally likes him very much. The president uh, respected him. But, but what I think really went on here is that General Flynn understood what the globalists were all about. General Flynn understood what the globalists are all about. And General Flynn, um, I think, was the scapegoat. General Flynn was, was railroaded. General Flynn was, was uh, uh, basically his testimony was honest. I believe it was truthful. In one of the statements, General Flynn said, I don't recall. He may be the only person on the planet to ever be convicted or, or forced to plead guilty for saying, I don't recall. But General Flynn was, uh, I believe, made an example of via a malicious and dishonest prosecution, my opinion, to taint Donald Trump. I don't think General Flynn did anything wrong. 
Politically Incorrect says, when the government comes after you, nobody has the money to fight them. Normally that's true, but I want you to look into the stories of Hank Greenberg, the former uh, CEO of AIG Insurance, and Ken Langone, one of the founders of Home Depot. They're billionaires. They fought the government. They put 20, 30 million into their defense. They won. They won. They won. When you have that kind of money and you fight the government and you're right, you win. General Flynn isn't a wealthy man. General Flynn is not a wealthy man. Steel Anvil says, General Flynn will go, down, will, will go down as the greatest patriot in the history of the nation. General Flynn is an outstanding patriot. And Look, Michael Cohen, I don't know much about. Michael Cohen doesn't have the 40-year history serving our nation. General Flynn does. Uh, Michael Cohen, I don't know what Michael Cohen did wrong. It bothers me that Michael Avenatti, the lawyer for a porn star, had so much juice with our Department of Justice and Robert Mueller. <clears throat> that bothers me. That sure seems like a witch hunt. What in the world did Stormy Daniels have to do with Russia collusion? Why was Robert Mueller even talking to Michael Avenatti and Stormy Daniels? Shouldn't have been. Jim Gunn, no, General Flynn did not take bribe money from Turkey. I'm going to dispense with your liberal conspiracy theory. Uh, but that is patently, patently untrue. He wasn't even accused of that. It was never his neck where few would, and he took the hit. Yeah, he went after the globalists. He went after the deep state. Unfortunately, it appears you're right. And the reason I'm, I'm talking quite a bit about uh, General Flynn is because it is, it is the 4th of July tomorrow, and patriots like him could not be forgotten. The man gave almost 40 years serving this nation. Free speech for all says, wouldn't it be great if President Donald J. Trump found a job for General Flynn? I got to tell you, I think um, the general is probably done with government service for a while. And if I were the general, I'd want to go out there and make a lot of money. Sorry, I keep taking uh, drinks. My allergies are raging today, <clears throat> so I need to. Where do our inherited God-given rights come from? Well, if they're God-given, your answer. Frederick Von Rong says, Stormy Daniels got money from Netflix, unsubscribe from Netflix. I think Netflix has always been a far-left network. That's up to you if you want to unsubscribe. Uh, certainly, certainly. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Jim Gunn, I'm going to answer this question. Why plea guilty? Because when it's a minor charge like that, where you're facing no jail time, or you're facing millions of dollars in legal fees that will bury you and crush your retirement, <clears throat> you should look into the numbers. Many, many people who are probably innocent have pled guilty to the United States federal government because they cannot afford to fight them. But again, you go on believing your far left conspiracy theories and Mother Jones and Democratic Underground and all those lefty loonies. But um, it, it's, it's tragic. It's very, very tragic. And we needed a guy like General Flynn as national security advisor. We have a very, very dangerous world. Now, I think John Bolton is going to do an outstanding job. I think General Flynn would have done a better job. But again, he wasn't a globalist. They needed him gone. They needed him gone. And uh, yeah, trolls seem, Alexander, trolls seem to love live broadcasts, don't they? But, you know, I ignore them. I just ignore them. And because they're kind of dumb and... They don't do their homework and they just come to disrupt. And unfortunately, unfortunately, there are people out there who engage in that. Steel Anvil, as you says, as a police officer, you were taught false evidence is the fruit of the poisonous tree. Everything gets tossed. Exactly. I was a cop too. I'm sure you know that. Thank you for your service in law enforcement, by the way. Let's talk about that a little bit. Great point. I'm glad you brought it up. And remember, you can super chat. You can uh, donate a couple of bucks. 
Have your chat jump right out at us. So fruit of the poisonous tree basically means if the search is bad, everything's bad. If the investigation was initiated on bad faith, everything's bad. And in this case, it really looks like we have an investigation initiated on bad faith. Part and parcel searches, part and parcel to that ridiculous steel dossier. See, if the FISA warrant was obtained on illegitimate information, then Steel Anvil's 100% right. The entire case, everybody's cases, Flynn, Manafort, Gates, even if they, those guys did anything wrong in their financial crimes 12 years ago, it would, it would uh, in, a, in a perfect world, if the rules of procedure were being followed, it would necessitate everything being thrown out. Everything. Let's see what else we got here. Um, uh, uh, Red Ready for War says, the truth is Trump has done more to fix this country than any president since, JF since JFK. Yeah, and I think faster. I think Trump has gotten more done in 17, 18 months than other presidents have gotten done in, in two terms. In two terms. And uh, Pocket Sands says, how did it feel getting bodied by Ocasio-Cortez? I didn't. See, the left is uh, all, all up in arms because I called out socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she grew up in a very ritzy area of Westchester County and not in the Bronx. And for five minutes, I got her alma mater wrong. It was Boston University. I said Brown University because media outlets were reporting Brown. Well, they honed in, of course, the left does, right? They honed in on that one little mistake. I, I thought she went to one $70,000 a year school, not another $70,000 a year school in New England, both in New England, by the way. Brown in Rhode Island, you, uh, uh, BU, of course, in Boston. That's what the left focused on. But the left, because they're focusing on attacking me because they don't want it to be known that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the socialist, <clears throat> socialist Jenny from the block, really isn't. She grew up in Yorktown Heights where homes go into the millions of dollars, went to a $70,000 a year, a year university, and is not, is not this downtrodden chick from the ghetto. She actually hung out with the elite of the elite. And they're hysterical about that. So they attacked one little error that I corrected, by the way, two minutes later when the corrections were made in media. I said, I stand corrected. She went to Boston University, not Brown. You would have thought I put her in a two-year community college. But no, I made the mistake between one seventy grand a year school to another seventy grand a year. They harped on that. They just seem so silly. They're so, they're so pathetic. And uh, let's see, the U.S. is considered the best country in the world. Which country do I consider the second best and one of the top five, Michael Roos? It's a good question. Well, I think Canada's a great country. I hope you guys wind up with a better president. You'll be right up there with the U.S. And uh, plenty of good countries. It really depends. You know, people in, in, are inherently good in most countries. It's their leadership. So I don't even want to go with the best. I'll give Canada... Another top slot because they're our neighbor. We share NORAD. We're basically partners in a lot, a lot of this tariff thing will go away very quickly. But let's talk about another country, our South. I don't think is a very good country, Mexico. They elected themselves a new president. This guy uh, Lopez Obrador. Oh, John Zeland. Good question. Do I think Trump already has his SCOTUS pick? And who do I think it is? Okay, I will tell you some inside baseball that I heard from people in D.C. The two top choices I'm being told right now, this could change, are Judge Amy Barrett and Judge Kavanaugh. Those apparently are the two that are at the top of the shortlist. Media outlets are reporting that. I spoke to some people in D.C. They said the same. I would be happy with either of them. I do think he's leaning, now this could change, don't hold me to this, towards Judge Amy Barrett. She's a woman. She's young. She's 46, 47. That gives her 30, 40 years on the court. 
uh, staunch Catholic, very conservative, very, very smart, whip smart, rarely overturned on appeal. She checks off a lot of boxes that uh, gives Trump a big boost going into the midterms and into 2020 if he nominates her. But really anybody, anybody on his short, short list would be okay with me. These are all very conservative, uh, strict constitutional constructionists. So let's go down to Mexico because the Supreme Court pick, I believe, is going to affect that as well. So Mexico elects themselves this new leftist president, Lopez Obrador. Guy is basically a committed far-left radical. He feels that illegal migration in the U.S. is a human right, things of that nature. I think this guy on our southern border poses a lot of problems, but on the flip side, the guy also doesn't like NAFTA. And he's got a very big problem, very big problem with the drug cartels. Tremendous problem with the drug cartels. To, to date, uh, last count, 132 politicians and candidates, 132 politicians and candidates were murdered since September. Now that tells you, that tells you that Mexico is, is still very much ruled by the drug cartels. They're ruling with fear. I forget the name of the town, but uh, you saw that an entire police force in a Mexican town was arrested and or detained last week. After the death, I believe, of a mayoral candidate. Now, when you have your police killing people, that's a problem. And uh, El Chavez is touching on this candidate, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in New York. I'll touch on it one more time. He's a democratic socialist. We're the United States of America. We don't elect socialists. And it's very telling that uh, the areas uh, that her district covers, Congressional District 14 in New York, have large, large, large populations of, of immigrants, 90-some-odd percent. English is a second language at 90-something percent. And they want our country to go socialist. If that isn't, if that isn't the strongest argument to seal our borders and control very strictly who we lend into this country, I don't know what is. I do not know what is. Terrible. It's terrible. And Mexico, and the reason I deviated there is that Mexico has elected itself a socialist president. This guy might even be a little more communist than he is socialist. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very concerned that this guy, the socialists tend to think everybody's equal. Terrorists are equal to you and I, you and me. I'm very concerned this guy is going to cut a deal with the drug cartels to curb the violence. And if the drug cartels have a deal with the president, then the drug cartels get the corrupt factions of the military with permission from the top to smuggle into the United States. And yesterday, uh, one, of the, uh, uh, one of you guys asked me, do I think we should run more extended military drills on the border? Absolutely, and this is why. We know the Mexican military has made incursions into the U.S. We know that. We know that. They've made incursions into the U.S. on behalf of the drug cartels. Now, I don't know he's done this, but socialists have a history. <clears throat> when you look at South America and Central America, their socialist leaders have a history of cutting deals with the cartels. Is Lopez Obrador going to do it? I don't know. But history says we would be nuts <clears throat> if we didn't plan for that contingency. And if we don't plan for that contingency and it happens, we're going to be blindsided. So, yeah, I think we need to, first of all, we need to hire more Border Patrol people. We need to hire more ICE people. 
The left wants to eradicate ICE. They want to eradicate ICE. We need to hire more. Bigwig says the liberals never talk about MS-13 or fentanyl. No, they can't. Well, MS-13 brushes their narrative of peaceful immigrants will do the jobs Americans won't. Fentanyl, though, most of the illegal fentanyl out there comes from China. Does not come from south of the border. Far and far and far and away. The majority of the illegal fentanyl comes from China. I'm very friendly with the hierarchy of DEA and uh, people that run the offices here in South Florida. And I have dinner with them often. And we were talking about fentanyl just last week. And fentanyl, the problem is coming from China. It's not, uh, not really coming south of the border. Gavin Giants says, Rosie was squirming the other day and he's meant to be one of the heads of the FBI. You mean uh, Rod Rosenstein, Deputy Attorney General. Uh, well, Rod Rosenstein is the uh, number two man at DOJ. He's not one of the heads of the FBI. FBI is a subordinate agency <clears throat> under the Department of Justice. But yeah, point made. He definitely has a lot of control over what happens at the FBI. But uh, back to Mexico. <laughs> River Smith said China knocks off everything. Yeah, they do. Even fentanyl. Even fentanyl. But fentanyl is no joke. Killing people. I did a segment on my old show here, Off the Cup Declassified, about... Um, Flyers on police cars in Harris County, Texas, Houston, being laced with fentanyl. Fentanyl uh, is about 100 times more powerful than heroin. Car fentanyl is about 10,000 times more powerful than heroin. These are some very, very nasty substances. Very nasty substances. They will kill you. They will kill you. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Mexico. I really don't. I would like to see NAFTA renegotiated. I think this tariff war between the U.S. and Canada, it won't last long. Canada needs the U.S. more than we need Canada. We're an $18 trillion economy. Canada's smaller. Uh, Canada needs us for national defense, for economic defense. I think Trudeau is doing a tremendous disservice to Canadians. He should cooperate with us because we as a nation, the United States wants nothing more than a very strong, very healthy, and very prosperous Canada. But Trudeau, seems to be more beholden to being loved by European globalists than he does wanting to do right for the Canadian people. Let's see. El Chavez, I married an American-born Mexican legal. His dad came here the right way, so did mine. By the way, my dad is from Spain. He came here with half a medical degree, your first generation. And your family is exactly, exactly who we want coming to the United States, who all Americans want coming to the United States. Well-educated, doing it legally. I told you a story yesterday. Had an Uber driver a couple of weekends ago. Guy is a Cuban immigrant. Legally came here. I was in the Uber at two o'clock in the morning because he's working literally around the clock. Raised the money to bring his wife and daughters here legally. That guy will be a great American. He already is a great American. He's here legally. His family will be great Americans because his daughters have his work ethic to look up to. You have your dad. He came here the right way. Your dad came with half a medical degree. You have his work ethic, his academic work ethic to look up to. This is what makes America great. Not people that come across the border illegally because they don't want to wait in line. And that's where we need to do a better job on the right of messaging. A much better job. It isn't about immigration. It's about illegal immigration. Illegal immigration. What about the new seaport in Wilmington, Delaware? Gal Kochman asked me. Uh, that they are saying, we'll let in anything. No checks and what are in the shipping. And oh, that's not true. Every, everything gets checked. There's, the Chinese want to buy an interest in a port where they might be able to play some games, but we still have 
immigration and customs enforcement and customs and border patrol. And uh, there are a lot of ways to check this. I know nobody's just buying a piece of the U.S. and bringing stuff in unchecked. It, the media likes to hype things quite a bit. Uh, River Smith says, immigrants who go through the system are valuable to the economy because they are already respecting the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. And immigrants that go through the system, who go through the system, are spending a lot of money. And so they're already stepping foot in the U.S. with a work ethic. They're stepping foot invested in the United States, River. And that's the most important thing. When you spend all that money, travel here legally, the legal fees, the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars, you've made an investment into the United States, into your succeeding here. And chances are you will. You don't want to blow all that money. This is the point of legal immigration. Show us you make an investment. Gavin Giant says that he saw something yesterday, or she saw something yesterday, about most of the people that come into this country not being able to go into the military because of IQ levels. I, I didn't see anything like that. That might have been a blog post or something, but that's also not necessarily true. But you do need a certain legal level of citizenship, legal level of citizenship to be in the military. Um, and so that could be why. I don't know if we've qualified the IQs of people coming in and determined they weren't a good fit for our military. That's coffee in my Captain America mug. I want to be energetic and do this early for you. But... Um, I want to see what problem we now have on the Mexican border. Peter Carr says, I bet these elite peeps have been watching all the signs since the day they were born. Well, the elites are a part of the reason we have these problems, right? With the elites in New York, D.C., and Los Angeles are really out of touch with the rest of the nation because they hang out at the same parties <clears throat> with the same people talking about the same left-wing things and same left-wing talking points. The Iron Wolverine says, good morning, everyone. Well, thank you, Iron Wolverine. Morning to you as well. And remember, you can super chat. There's a little icon down there. Little icon right under the chat. It's got a little dollar sign on it. And we will promote you. We'll tell everybody how handsome you are, how beautiful you are, how you're the most intelligent person in the world, how your uh, question is the best question I would JFK didn't have 17 months when I made the comment that Donald Trump has done more in 17 months than most of the presidents have done in two terms. Great point. Um, but... Uh, if I recall correctly, JFK was shot in uh, it was November of 1963, and he was inaugurated in January of 1961, so he actually did, unless I've got my dates wrong. But I do not think I do. Uh, so he did have 17 months. Point being, though, that Trump has been very successful uh, as a president. Eric Smith says, good morning. Free Speech for All says, good afternoon from Scotland. I love my scotch. I love my Isla scotches. Beautiful, beautiful country, Scotland. Good morning to you, and thanks for joining us. Let's see. Offer the Me Mexicans indentured servitude. That's fair, right? No, that's not. Delmar. <laughs> no. I just want people to come here legally. And when you come here legally, I want you to have every opportunity this country could afford you. I want you to have every opportunity this could afford you, this country could afford you. Philip Andes. Makes an excellent point. The military doesn't have IQ tests per se, but you have to take the ASVAB, which is their aptitude test, which you'd have to place at least average, exactly. And it's an aptitude test to decide whether or not you've got the basic skills to make it in the military. Uh, I think that's a great point. 
Let's see. El Chavez, my father, Pasquale Alonzo Yeg, became chief of medicine in Missouri. He loved his patients. You miss your dad, Louisa. Your dad sounds like an incredibly impressive man. And again, somebody who didn't just add to the United States, but saved lives in the United States. Exactly the kind of person that makes this a great nation. Exactly. I'm sure you miss him. Condolences on the loss of your daddy. Sounds like an absolutely great guy, Louisa. Sounds like an absolutely great guy. More people could follow his, his um, example. Uh, let's see. Hi from Hong Kong. Turitia. Wow. All the way from Hong Kong. I love, I love how international our audience was. I was talking to one of our producers via email last night where we were just saying how cool it was to see all these countries that people come from. So yesterday we had Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the US, the UK. Today I've got Scotland. I've got Hong Kong. Banana Republic's leaving us, going off to work. You're a great American. You're a great Canadian. I don't know where you're from. You're going off to work. You're a great human being. Uh, let's see. How did I like that fire rainbow that floated over Charleston, South Carolina? Did not see that. Charleston's an awesome city, though. It's probably just the weather phenomenon. But I love Charleston. If you've never been to Charleston, South Carolina, I strongly suggest you go. King Street in Charleston has some of the best restaurants I've ever been to. But back down to Mexico. So you got Mexico, a country that has a population one-third the U.S. They have about 100 million. U.S. has about 330 million. So that was Mexico about three times the population of Canada. But Mexico has 30 million, 30 million, uh, I'm sorry, 30,000 murders here, opposed to the U.S. having about 11,000. They have one-third our population, and they have three times the amount of murders. Pretty dangerous place. Steel Anvil says great work. Donated. Thank you, Steel Anvil. Like I said, you are the best-looking, most intelligent guest at this second. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, so Mexico, very dangerous place, right? One-third of the population of the U.S. Hundred, could you imagine if in the U.S. or Canada, we had 132 politicians or political candidates murdered in the span of 10 months? That's 13 a month. That's 13 a month. That's three, to, that's three a week, three and a half a week. That's insanity insanity so that the cartels can say we control we control this country you don't we control Trish morrison asked an excellent question little digression do i think japan should get offensive capabilities because of china's claim of the south china sea uh i would object to it they don't need it china's not going to go to war in the south china sea because it would mean a shooting war with the united states navy and that is a war the chinese navy could never win they're a generation behind us in technology. But at the end of the day, China would be bankrupt, would not be able to feed their people if they had a true conflict with the United States of America. Wouldn't be able to. Coach TMAC says, my mom immigrated to Canada back in the 1950s. She didn't ask or receive a dime from the Canadian government. Why should all these illegal immigrants get anything now? Could not agree more. My great my great-great-grandparents came on one side, my great-grandparents on the other, but both already had traveled to the U.S., or their parents had, to establish businesses and buy property here from Italy, both sides from Italy. They, when they came here, they had owned, they owned homes. One owned a commercial building with an apartment above it. They had already started their businesses. So they didn't need anything when they got here. They worked in Italy. They came here. They built something, and then when they got off that boat at Ellis Island, literally, they didn't, uh, 
They weren't scrambling for work or begging for work or Italians need not apply. They went into their businesses, turned the key, opened them up, and set up shop. The illegals are not doing that. They're not doing that. Coach, your mom did that, came legally, didn't ask the government for anything. The illegals are coming here, and they want the government to support them. So they want to come to the U.S. because their countries are horrible, because they did nothing to make their country better. And then they're saying, Americans, we want to be supported by you. Now, some work. I'm not saying they don't. Some work. But <clears throat> the Democrats want, want Americans to support these people. The Iron Wolverines is Mexico equals Super Chicago. I think Mexico equals far more dangerous Chicago. It's not super. Far more dangerous Chicago. Machiavelli sucks as all immigration hurts Americans. That's not true. That is not true. I have friends in New York. Um, they're immigrants. One is a dental surgeon. The other is a medical doctor. They both teach at one of the most prestigious medical schools in the United States. I don't know how many people they've helped, how many people they've saved. Uh, they're brilliant. So I, I have to fundamentally disagree there. Mohammed says, my parents immigrated here from Iraq. My dad is a doctor. My mom was a civil engineer before they had my brothers and I. Bingo. There you go. There you go. A doctor and a civil engineer. And their kids clearly are going to follow those examples. Their kids are going to follow those examples. You are. Your children will. Outstanding work. John Zeeland asked me, do I think the cartels are running Mexico? According to the, some of the new El Presido's comments. I do. Of course I do. When 132 politicians and candidates are killed in 10 months, cartels are making it very clear they run Mexico. We know they run Mexico. Why well, can't Sam Vicente Fox? Vicente Fox was a guy who uh, the cartels controlled. And now he has the audacity to come and insult Trump. Give me a break with that. What are my thoughts on illegals crossing into Quebec? I don't, Andrew Bursak asked me, I don't want to see illegals cross into anywhere. I don't want to see them get in the U.S. so they can cross into Quebec. I don't want to see it. Let's see. I got a lot of comments coming in now. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Phil Anvil says, my whole family became cops to this day. Amen, brother. Back to the blue. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I miss the job every day. I really, I started, I, I left law enforcement. I started a business and it started to grow and it was related. We were tracking sex offenders, pedophiles in large online communities. I just couldn't do both anymore. I was, my business was taking up too much of my time. I was taking too many vacation days. It wasn't right. So I retired early and really worked alongside law enforcement. I, and quite frankly, I went from the NYPD into my business with my business, still worked alongside NYPD, but got to work alongside the U.S. Marshals, Department of Homeland Security, the FBI. It was really, really interesting work. So I sort of stayed in it. And though I left, I retired officially. I sort of stayed doing the same investigative work, just on the private side, working with the agencies, not for the agencies. So I never really left. Bill Anvil says the cartels are in power. I, uh, yeah, I believe they are. They have tremendous, tremendous sway in Mexico. Tremendous. It's, uh, it's sad, actually, how much power the cartels have in Mexico. And uh, Riversmith says that they heard a very low-flying C-130 over their home at 3 a.m. That's worrying. Well, I don't think that's too worrying, especially if you're in the Charleston area. Charleston's a military town. You have naval bases, you have naval air stations. Hearing a military cargo plane fly low <clears throat> over the city at 3 a.m. would just mean that they had a flight path diversion because of air traffic. I wouldn't, uh, 
worry too much about that. Wouldn't worry too much. About that. I don't, I don't, you know, the government, look, the government, like I told you yesterday, can't get you out of the Department of Motor Vehicles in two hours. Believe me, they're not engaging in these vast grand They're not. Have I seen Sicario Dea the Soldado, John Space asked. No, but I'm dying to. I loved the first Sicario movie. I'm watching the second one. Oh, River Smith, you're in the UK. You live by the SAS base. Well, the SAS is moving in and out of the Middle East. Of course you. Sorry about that, by the way. I, I saw a question from Charleston. Um, I wouldn't worry about the 130 coming in low to an SAS base. That's what they do. I'm sure the SAS is running a lot of missions. I know about. Back to uh, Sicario, Day of the Soldado. No, I've not seen it. Dying to see it. I wanted to try and catch it this weekend. My week too busy. Love the first one. Seen great, great, great reviews on the second. Outstanding reviews on the second. El Chavez. Oh, Dr. Uh, Slappy says it loves the show, but has to go to work. Thanks for watching. El Chavez says, El Chavez says, you can't just sit by and let the cartels run you over. You must stand up and take that power back. Sure. Sure, but the cartels are pretty brutal. And the Mexican police and military are corrupt. The nation has let it get out of control for too long. Far too long. The federales do a decent enough job, but I think the institutional, the institutional uh, corruption there, I don't know how you overcome that. I just don't. Andrew Bursak says that you know that Canadians and American women are not safe at all in Mexico. I don't think everybody's safe. Anybody's safe in Mexico, Andrew. I think it's a very dangerous country. I won't go back down. I just won't go back down. River Smith says it's Armed Forces Day. Not to worry. Not to worry. Not to worry. Good. It's Armed Forces Day. And I hope the SAS is out there on that C-130 doing some damage to the terrorists. SAS <clears throat> rock stars in the SAS. Bill Anvil's Bridgeport, Connecticut. You guys are busy in Bridgeport, man. If you're a Bridgeport cop, no joke, that city. You guys have your share of crime. You have your share of crime. Stay safe out there. Watch your six, man. No joke. Do we have a travel ban from Mexico? No, I don't think it's that bad yet. Austin Bortmas asked me, should we have a travel ban from Mexico? Ban travel from Mexico? I just think Mexico needs to clean their act up and get it together. But no, I'm not a travel ban kind of guy. I don't think we need to go there. Uh, but um, I do want to see our neighbor to the south uh, step it up in terms of enforcement. What I will tell you is, I don't know how Mexico, I don't know how Mexico cleans up its institutional corruption. I don't know. I just don't know how they do it. It's so pervasive. It runs so deep. Uh, Stampy Bear says, will this be a daily show? Sure will. We'll be here every morning, 730 to 830. Absolutely. Uh, but I don't know how Mexico cleans up its institutional corruption. I just don't. It runs so deep. We think we have a deep state. I think Mexico's corruption deep state runs much deeper, goes back much longer. Mexico's an older country than the United States. So their deep state runs so... I, I don't know how you weed out that kind of corruption. Our deep state, and I'm sorry for the screen, uh, screen there jumping around, guys. You can see that it was jumping around a bit. That was um, the software I was using just did a little weird thing with the screen, but it seems to be fine now. We'll monitor that for you. Argyle McGugan says Mexico equals Venezuela 2.0. Well, you know, I don't know because Mexico at least has the, the illusion of democracy. And the cartels can't have Mexico fall into a total narco-terror state because the cartels need to hide. Because if Mexico, Mexico fell in a total narco-terror chaos, 
than the U.S. could possibly invade. That's the one thing the cartels are terrified of, the United States. They know once our military, our special operators combined with DEA and CIA get involved, all bets are off for Mexico. They don't want to have that happen. That's something they don't want to have. Um, what do I know about the claims of Justin Trudeau groping that girl 18 years ago? You know, they're out there. Ezra's reporting on it. Other outlets are reporting on it. Trudeau is claiming he doesn't remember. Seems legitimate to me. Seems like he did it. Seems like he did it. And uh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all shakes out and all goes down. The Iron Wolverine. Today I'll be at a driver training so I can watch the stream when it starts. You're on the job as well, Wolverine. If so, stay safe out there. El Chavez was in the military for eight years. Thank you very much for your service. Thank you very much. John Zeeland says it's a great show. Thanks, John. Thank you, John, for watching. By the way, you asked excellent questions. Today. Posed excellent, excellent points. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to market this show. We're going to promote it. This is only the second one, but I think we've got our format down pat. We're going to try a couple of different things, a couple of different formats. Some uh, days we're going to be more free-flowing with your comments. Other days, I want to hit a couple of topics, but I want your feedback. What do you like better? Would you rather me take your comments and run with those? Would you rather me bring you analysis of a couple of topics? It's going to be really important because I want to make this a different online experience. I want to make this a really different digital experience, much more unique. Guy Fox says, <laughs> impeach Justin Trudeau. That is up to the Canadian people. Now, I'm not sure. I got to research this, what the process is. You guys could educate me though, to remove um, a head of state in Canada. In the US, we obviously have impeachment. I'm assuming you guys have something similar. But um, just because he's a beta male socialist, I don't think that's grounds for impeachment, unfortunately. People ask me that all the time. You know, we were talking about removing the sheriff of Broward County. And I said initially, down here after the Parkland shooting. And uh, Bappy Beer likes topics better than chit chat, some show clips. All great ideas. I'm going to talk to the producer about them. Um, but uh, we were talking about removing the sheriff of Broward County and how he failed, and he did fail. And his failures caused Parkland, but there's a process, and that process is happening now. And uh, what you need to, when, when somebody's duly elected, even if they turn out to be an absolute disaster, I'm not a fan of summary removal. We need a, a, a very thorough process to remove those people. Guy Fox says, Justin Trudeau and Bill Clinton can share a jail cell. Well, hey, Steph Mariani, Sergeant Mariani from the 4-6 Precinct. Thank you very much, Steve. That you have a safe and patriot fourth as well. Thanks. We're going to be doing this every day, man. You got to tune in. And uh, you see his chat. Steph Mariani was a 4-6 sergeant in the Bronx. Great guy. Very well respected. Very well liked. Couldn't be happier that he's watching. Byron well, Wolverine says, let's do a couple of topics for the first half hour and then comments the other half. I like that idea. I like that idea. I like the comments because they're free-flowing. I can engage with you guys. But I think the topics are important as well because we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of really, well, topical things happening. A lot of really topical things happening. Here's where I draw the line, though. C. Bateman Forrest says, impeach Trudeau's eyebrows. You leave Trudeau's eyebrows alone. They are the best thing about Justin Trudeau. I will never teach his eyebrows. Didn't want me to either. They make Canada great again. You can get rid of him. 
is keep the crawling brows. <laughs> guys. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad you guys gave me some input on the format. It's um, going to be very, very important. Gavin Giants has mix and match as well. You know, I'm liking that. I'm liking that. I think we get some really solid information out, and then we do some quick and rapid engagement in the second half of the show. I'm going to talk to the producers about it. I really, really like it. Stampy Bear says, is there a tariff on fake eyebrows? I don't know if I'm going to call the White House about that. I'm going to have to call the White House about that. Did we impose it? What would you, hey, Stampy, what do you think the tariff should be? If we were going to impose a tariff on Trudeau's eyebrows, what would you say it should be? Waiting for your answer. Waiting for your answer. <laughs> and there it goes. You guys can see that screen went a little hinky again. There. River Smith likes to mix and match formats. Growing on me. Mix and match is growing on me. Well, guys, listen. It has been absolutely, absolutely fun. It's going to be fun every single day. I'm going to be with you every morning. 7.30 a.m. I think we'll... Uh, Everybody, Gail seems to like the chit-chatting topics as well. I think we're going to be doing that. I think that's the way we're leaning. I think. Fake eyebrows are huge these days. Girl paint them on like, girls paint them on like rainbows. Hmm. Rainbows. Fake eyebrows. Tariffs on fake eyebrows. I really like half a million dollar tariff on fake eyebrows. <laughs> Coach says. Well, I think we're going to be doing that then. I'm going to talk to my producers, see when we hone in the format. It really seems like everybody likes mix and match. Thanks, by the way, for the input. You guys here in America have a great fourth. You guys have an awesome fourth. It has been absolutely fun to be with you. I'll be back. We'll be here tomorrow. It's 4th of July. I'm going to take the day off. I will be back with you Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m. Thank you so much for watching.